My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is Steelers country. Hello everyone, welcome to Steelers country. I'm your host, Tony. I said we'd be back weekly, and I know we're off to a bad start. I haven't done a podcast in two weeks. Uh, but I'll tell you what I'm going to get up to you tonight. We're going to do a double episode. We'll, we'll break down Steelers-Giants first preseason game of the year, and then we'll get into uh, the defensive evaluation that I promised you uh, a couple weeks back. But uh, let's start tonight with the Steelers' win over the Giants, 20-12 to in the first preseason game of the season. Happy to be back watching real live Steeler football. And we have to start this off by talking about our new rookie, T.J. Watt. He was the talk of town making SportsCenter, uh, obviously because he is J.J. Watt's brother. Uh, the sports media is going to be keeping a, a careful eye on, on how T.J. does. And I thought he had a great start. A huge game, two big sacks. Uh, he was involved in both the run and the pass. Um, I think you can look at those two two sacks and and you know read a bunch into that. And you know one of them he was unblocked, and the other one the quarterback kind of ran into him. But look, I think he had a he had a great overall game. Um, he was involved in a couple more QB hurries. He was involved in in, in uh, stopping the run. Uh, he played a ton of snaps in this game. You know, he played something like seventy snaps between the the. The defensive snaps he played and also special teams. He showed a lot of the same things that he he did when you watch his film in college. Uh, he's good as a pass rusher. He's good against the run. He's good with his hands. He has very good technique. He plays the scheme very well, rarely out of position. Stamina-wise, a lot of people are making a big deal out of this hole. He played 70 games. Incredible. He's only a rookie. Maybe he won't hit the rookie wall. You know, we saw Bud Dupree hit the rookie, rookie wall two years ago. Uh, you know, people are saying, oh, TJ Watt won't hit this rookie wall. He's going to be great. You know, he has that NFL stamina. Let's cool it with that for a second, right? It's one thing to play 70 snaps in a preseason game. It's another to be to be starting every snap in, in week 15, 16, 17 into the playoffs in your rookie year, right? NFL shape is a real thing. Is TJ Watt in NFL shape? I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes after one game. I'm encouraged that he was able to play this much this early you know, with, with no wear and tear. He was, he was as good as last snap as he was the first. That's awesome. But, you know, when we start getting into projecting out to late in the season, I that's when I get a big red flag, hold up, stop sign. Let's cool it, right? I thought TJ Watt was very, very good in this game. I'm encouraged by what I see about with him. Well, I'll talk more about him when we get to the defensive evaluation. But again, this is a, a huge plus for the team, having a guy like TJ Watt, drafting him in the first round, needing a pass rusher, and seeing that he can deliver the same things we saw him do in college. So, excited there. Moving on to, to quarterback Josh Dobbs. Uh, here's a guy they took in the fourth round out of Tennessee. Clearly a you know someone who they want to compete with Landry Jones for the backup role initially while Ben Roethlisberger is still on the team. Should Ben Roethlisberger retire in the next couple of years, maybe Josh Dobbs is, is being groomed to take over. Uh, we'll see. Certainly, if you're judging it by just the New York Giants game, it doesn't look good. He started a little shaky in this game. Two bad interceptions early on. You know, he just didn't look comfortable. He just did not look comfortable early. He had that big overthrow on third down. The two interceptions, the one, he just didn't see the lineman at all. The other one, I don't know if his arm got hit or whatever. The, the 
wide receiver in the wrong route, whatever. He threw it right to a defender again. Um, you know, he, he just he didn't look comfortable. didn't look good. It was a very bad start. But he settled in. He had a nice run on third down. He had some a couple big strikes to Kobe Hamilton, including the touchdown. Um, and he was much better on deep and intermediate routes and as the game went on. I think he needs to have better... He needs to be better on short routes, on short throws. He had a lot of problems completing those passes. Accuracy was an issue. That's that to me. That's a little scary because you know the question becomes like: Is accuracy teachable? Are you teaching accuracy, or is that just a natural thing that quarterbacks have? Because if that's true, and, and Josh Dobbs is not good accuracy-wise on short throws, then it doesn't project well for him to be a, a good quarterback in this league, right? So there's a lot of improvement that he needs to make before he's going to take over the backup spot from Landry Jones. And I know all you Landry Jones haters out there are, are cursing at me right now and writing up your emails. Really, Let's cool it for a second, right? First of all, I think quarterback, backup quarterback, is the most overrated position in modern in the modern NFL. I don't think it matters who your backup quarterback is. The point of the National Football League is to win the Super Bowl. And in the modern NFL, you're not winning a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. I don't care who he is. Jimmy Garoppolo is not winning the Super Bowl. No backup quarterback has been in the Super Bowl. So, you know, is it Landry Jones? Is it Josh Dobbs? To me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but Josh Dobbs is going to have to wait a little bit before he becomes the backup. Going on to Juju Smith-Schuster, our new wide receiver out of, UFC, out of USC. I said this two weeks ago, how excited I am to have him on the team, how crazy it was that the Steelers took him in the first place. Uh, I'm, I was very excited to see him play in this game. I like that the coaching staff wanted to get him involved early in the game. They got him on that little dump-off pass, early little four-yarder on that one. Then they had him on the end of round, a nice eight-yard run there. And I was excited, hey, we're going to see a bunch of Juju in this game, especially because they don't have a lot of wide receivers healthy in this game. So Juju's going to have to play a while. And then he got hurt on Josh Dobbs' first interception. Went uh, for a head-first tackle uh, on the first interception that Dobbs threw and got a concussion. A mild concussion. He returned to practice a couple days later, but I think he left today's practice with a... Uh, with a knee injury, and he's going to have an MRI. So hoping, hoping that nothing, uh, nothing major there with Juju. But uh, we shall see tomorrow. Um, and again, I'm still excited to see him play in the future. Again, I still believe that he can add uh, a ton of versatility to that offense, especially him surrounded by so many playmakers already on offense. Um, you know, he's not going to get double teamed. He's, you know, he's just another cog in this wheel, but another good cog. So uh, I, I like it. A couple other guys I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, Mike Hilton, number 40, if you're not familiar with, with, uh, with the guy. Mike, Mike Hilton, cornerback. Um, this is a guy who could sneakily make the roster. You know, this is a team that has been searching for a nickel corner for years now. Um, you know, not to say anything bad about William Gay, but, you know, they wanted, they got Senquez Golson um, a couple years ago. You know, they've been, they've been, they, they wanted Sean Davis to play that role last year. Um, you know, they've been trying to find guys who can play nickel corner and just haven't been able to do so for one reason or the other. Mike Hilton is a guy who, you know, has had a good training camp, if you believe the reports. He had a very good corner blitz in this game. He's a willing tackler. He was good in coverage. And look, I'm not saying Mike Hilton makes the roster. I think he's, you know, he's got a long way to go for that. There's a lot of competition at cornerback right now. But he had a good strong showing in this game. If he has another couple strong showings against the Falcons and then into the third preseason game, um, I would not be shocked at the end of the year if we're reading final cuts and Mike Hilton's name is not on that list if he makes this roster. Um, so keep a lookout for that. I think that he had a very, very good game. Kobe Hamilton, another guy I want to talk about, he had a big game. 
I do. He had a couple big catches in this game. The touchdown was phenomenal. He made, you know, he made some good catches in this game. Uh, Josh Dobbs put it right on the money. I do, though, want to slow down on any of the excitement for Kobe Hamilton. Look, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago. Kobe Hamilton is on the outside looking in at wide receiver. And I think the problem for Kobe Hamilton is, is not, you know, his body of work is not just his preseason game, right? And it's not just what he does in this training camp and what he does in this preseason, right? He had a very good preseason game. He had two big catches, including a touchdown. But his body of work is all of last year as well. And when you look at the reasons why, and you go back and you watch the tape of last season, you look at why the offense struggled last year when it has been Roethlisberger at quarterback, when they have Le'Veon Bell at running back, when they have Antonio Brown on one side, right? This team struggled because teams were able to double-team A.B. They were able to, to put eight in the box and, you know, dare Kobe Hamilton to beat them. And unfortunately, look, Kobe Hamilton started eight games last year and he had 17 catches. Eight games, it's an average of two a game. You know, it's just not good enough, right? I mean, we saw him do this against real NFL talent, not against, you know, second quarter, third quarter preseason opponents. And I don't want to take away anything from what Kobe Hamilton did this, you know, in this preseason game or last year, right? This was a guy who was on the practice squad last year who got thrown in to be the number two receiver midseason. But I mean, you know, if we're talking about Kobe Hamilton making the roster over a guy like Sammy Coates, right? Look at what Sammy Coates did last year. Five catch, you were know, five games started and he had 21 catches, right? More catches in, in, in almost half as uh, many games as Kobe Hamilton. You know, so again, who, who is Kobe Hamilton making the roster over is my question. You know, I think, look, I think Kobe Hamilton, and again, I don't want to take anything away from what he did or, or any of that, but you know, the Steelers have, it's, it's a position that the Steelers have to upgrade over last year. Um, and so, you know, Kobe did a great job. I think he, you know, he could potentially make the practice squad again. Um, he's a good utility guy to come in if the Steelers were to go through another just gluttony of, of wide receiver injuries. He's a good guy to come in at that point. But, and he's showing improvement. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, he, he's got a, a lot to overcome. Not only the, the players in front of him, but, you know, his body of work from last year. Some other thoughts in this game. You know, Arthur Motes. I thought he made a statement, you know, three, three big sacks. I know it was against, you know, second, third, fourth string, uh, talent, but you know, he had to play because the Steelers were so uh, thin at outside linebacker going into this game. And I think, you know, he, he probably has earned that roster spot now, especially considering that Keon Allen, the, the rookie outside linebacker that was going to challenge him for that last roster spot at outside linebacker, you know, just hasn't played because of injury. Um, I, look, Arthur Motes proved that he still has got, he still got it. He's even if it is against some, some lower, Talent, he still does have it. Uh, Niall Davis, our new running back, you, you may notice him as number 34 without dreadlocks. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's not D'Angelo. That's Niall Davis. Uh, I think he almost certainly has to make the roster, right? He's very, very strong, very good guy. I think, you know, Fitzgerald Toussaint, also good. It's a tough pick between the two. You know, you think, you gotta think James Conner, the rookie, is gonna make the roster just because he was a third round pick. Um, and maybe the Steelers keep four running backs, but Niall Davis, He's got the versatility. He showed some some hard runs in this game. Um, I think it's going to be hard for them to cut uh, a guy like him. At corner and wide receiver, I was hoping to get some clarity at least early on in the preseason. You know, those those are two positions where you know there's a, a ton of talent, deep talent, where you can only fit so many guys on the roster. Unfortunately, you know, just too many injuries to be able to make any sort of judgments at either position. Right? You wanted to see more out of. You know, you wanted to see guys like Sammy Coates, Martavis Bryant, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Demarcus Ayers, right, Artie Burns. You just didn't get to see a lot of the guys that you wanted to see at either position. I mean, I wanted to see a ton of guys. Right? I'm going to go through the whole list, right? Sammy Coates, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Demarcus Ayers, James Conner, Ryan Shazier and Vince Williams playing together, Bud Dupree, Anthony Ciccolo, who everyone says is having a great camp, Artie Burns, who's having a phenomenal camp uh, going one-on-one against AB, Sean Davis, who I think can be a real breakout player at safety. The list goes on and on and on of how many guys were injured going into this game. It's a weird time to have your first preseason game because the Steelers had so many injuries. Um, And, you you know, the starters weren't going to play, so some of these backups, some of these guys, you know, like a Demarcus Ayers, um, you know, like a James Conner, like an Anthony Chicolo really could have got some significant playing time in this game. Sammy Coates the same way. You know, it's hard because they were hurt uh, and so they didn't get to play. I'm, uh, a lot of those guys that I named have come back and practiced since. And so hopefully we will get to see them Saturday against Atlanta. And I'm very, very excited to see that game. First of all, it's a home game. Uh, second of all, you know, you're going to get to see Martavis Bryant, who got reinstated and is practicing again. You're going to get to see Sammy Coates, who's practicing off PUP. You're going to hopefully get to see a James Conner. Hopefully get to see Bud Dupree come back. Hopefully Chicolo, Artie Burns, Yadi. I mean, you know, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And on all the guys who have been hurt uh, who are coming back. So very excited. I, you know, again, I don't want to read too much into this Giants game. I think it was a good win for the Steelers. I thought some guys played well. Um, certainly guys like Mike Hilton made their case for making this roster. Um, and other guys like like TJ Watt kind of confirmed some things that we thought about them. But again, it is just preseason. So don't want to read too much into that. Let's get into the defensive evaluation of the team. Um, first off, first things first, you know, I, I want to talk about last year's defense and I, I want us to remember how good that defense was last year. Let's not let the fact that this team got beat in New England mar what was, I think, a great year for this defense. You know, coming into the year, this was all about, you know, this team really growing and becoming a great defensive team. And, you know, yes, they played poorly against New England, but let's let's not just let's not let that sour taste stick in our you know stay for for going into this season. This team had a very good game against Kansas City, and the players really won us that game against Kansas City, a game in which the offense could only manage field goals. You go back and watch last year of how often the Steelers really shut down offensively in big moments, especially late in the year when Le'Veon wasn't, if, if Le'Veon wasn't moving the ball consistently, this offense just wasn't able um, to move the football consistently. And they weren't able to score in the red zone. They were kicking a lot of field goals. Ben Roethlisberger was, had big turnovers at big moments. Let's not forget the Baltimore game. Let's not forget the Buffalo game. Um, you know, the, the defense was put in some bad spots. When Bud Dupree came back, they got a, they got a, much better pass rush. James Harrison came in late in the year, and those two guys, you know, got very good pass rush to end the year. Something the Steelers haven't seen consistently in a while. They got big turnovers in big moments. Let's not forget that Ryan Shazier ended the year with three straight interceptions, uh, or three games in a row with with interceptions. Uh, they got they got big turnovers in big moments against Miami, against Kansas City. Right? They didn't come up with those big turnovers in New England, but. Again, I don't want to let New England be the, the barometer by which we judge this entire defense, right? New England is kind of where we have to go, but Kansas City, Miami, Baltimore, Buffalo, those, the, the, the Bengals game, right? Those are the games that, that led this team to where it got. And now we have to cross the hump, which is, okay, now how do we beat New England? And I think that's what we're going to talk about here when we start evaluating this defense. I think the other big thing we have to remember about last year is what a humongous draft this team had on defense. Three players in the first three rounds 
that were starting players for this defense. They were they were part of the reason why this defense went from in the beginning of the year an eh defense to at the end of the year winning playoff games. I'm talking about Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, corner safety defensive line. These guys should be even better in 2017, and this does not just project well for 2017, right? This projects well for 2018, 2019, 2020. This is what you build great defenses out of, is having one draft where you add three quality starters to the team all at once. And I think that's huge for this team. So let's break this down position by position now. On defensive line, I think we are very, very strong. Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, both back, both healthy. These are two of the best 3-4 defensive ends, in my mind, in the league. I think Cam Hayward being healthy, awesome. Stefan Tuitt, though, having to play without Cam Hayward last year, having to take it on himself to become the guy on the defensive line. And I think at times when he was healthy, he really did that. You then bring in Tyson Alualu, a former first-round pick out of Jacksonville, someone who has been labeled a bust. He's going to have to work himself back into it, you know, uh, he, he's certainly going to have to earn it here in Pittsburgh and, and reports out of training camp that he, he is doing just that. He looks very, very strong. He doesn't have the pressure of being a first round pick anymore. He doesn't have the pressure of starting. He's going to be more of a depth guy. You know, I like the pickup of Alu Alu. He's got a pedigree. He's got the talent. Let's see him do it in the NFL. Behind him, you still got Javon Hargrave. He's going to start at the nose tackle position. We'll see how much this defense stays in the base defense. They didn't do it much last year. Teams now in the NFL like to spread you out. Three wide receivers, four wide receivers. They like to get you out of your base defense. When the Steelers come out of their base defense, it's the nose tackle that comes out. It doesn't have to be a bad thing for this team, even if that's going to happen. It just means that Hargrave, who is a versatile player, can play both inside and outside on that defensive line. So he can play where Cam Hayward plays, where Stephon Tewitt plays, gives that, that team more versatility. Um, I expect big things out of Javon Hargrave this year, and I expect that we're not going to see the wear and tear that Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt have had in the past couple of years, having to really shoulder the full load in that defensive line. I think we can offload some of that to Alu-Alu. We can offload some of that to Javon Hargrave. And then behind those guys, you know, we have guys like LT Walton and Johnny Maxey, and I think a lot of what we talk about, we talk about, you know, what happened with Fitzgerald Toussaint and how he's come, come up because of how many injuries we've had at the running back position in the past couple of years, and now he's fighting for a roster spot, even though two years ago he was just a, a practice squad guy, a, a training camp fodder. And then a wide receiver the same way, right? We're talking about Kobe Hamilton and everyone getting excited about him, and that's because he got so much playing time last year. He got some big moments, had some big games. Um, now you look at, at the defensive line, with Cam Hayward going out last year, with two it being hurt, Ricardo Matthews was hurt at times, it meant that guys like LT Walton, Johnny Maxey, guys no one's ever heard of, guys who are training camp fodder, who were practice squad guys, had to come in big moments against Baltimore, um, play big minutes, play big in those games. Um, and now, you know, they can, they can grow with that. They can, they can grow from that. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, we can be five deep on the defensive line or six deep on the defensive line because of the fact that those guys got to see minutes. And again, it's not like they're going to have to play big minutes this year unless injury strikes twice here. But again, it's nice that we have guys like LT Walton, Johnny Maxey behind, you know, the, the big guys, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tewitt, and then Alu-Alu and, and Hargrave behind them. I think a great defense starts with a great defensive line. And I think we may have a great defensive line this year. I certainly think we have great defensive ends. And if Hargrave makes the step up, the, the great defensive line is there. You can, if you have a great defensive line, you can be very good against the run. 
You can start to dictate your pass rush because guys have to double team your defensive linemen. That leaves outside linebackers in one-on-one situations. That means when it's the, when there is a blitz, um, you have more free open lanes to come. It opens up a lot of things for this defense. So if the defensive line can stay healthy, if they can be as good as they've been in last, in the past couple of years, as far as Cam Hayward step onto it, and then if Hargrave steps up, you know, this is the makings of a great defensive line and potentially a great defense. In order for the Steelers to have a great defense though, you know, you have to go to outside linebacker. The Steelers have not had a double-digit sack guy since 2012, I believe it was, with Lamar Woodley. Have not had a double-digit sack guy since then. That's very disappointing for a team that has been known for, as a linebacker factory. We've talked about in this podcast for, you know, I mean, this podcast started in 2008, and I think we were saying it back then. Who is the next great Steeler linebacker? Who is going to be that guy? We've been saying it over and over and over again, and I think now... You start to look at this at this position in particular, and really all of the linebackers, and you start to see that this this team has been amassing talent over the years. Now they they took Bud Dupree two years ago. They take T.J. Watt this year. They've taken a, a linebacker in the first round. I believe three out of the last five first round picks, maybe six, uh, was b- between Jarvis Jones, Bud Dupree, and T.J. Watt. Now they've invested in outside linebacker. You know, this team understands what it takes to be a great defense, and it starts. With this defense, or it's it, it it a big part of it is this defense being able to get to the passer, and that starts at the outside linebacker position. We'll start with T.J. Watt here. He's the rookie. He's the exciting guy that everyone that everyone's excited about. He's J.J. Watt's brother. I talked a lot about what he brings to the table, talking about the Giants game. But again, you know, T.J. Watt is is the kind of guy who I like because he can come in and start early. Right, because he has the technique, because he has the scheme fit, because you know he's he's a he's a he's a good technique guy, um, and you know he comes with a little bit of NFL pedigree. You can start him early, you know you you can use him until he starts to fade. If he does start to fade as a rookie, and then because we have the versatility of having James Harrison around, you know, is it better to start James Harrison? And and you know we know James Harrison's minutes have to be managed this year. He's 40 years old. Can he play a 16 game season? Absolutely not. He didn't play a 16 game season last year. So you have to manage those minutes. I think if you're looking at games one, two, three, four, five versus games 14, 15, 16, 17 into the playoffs, right? You want T.J. Watt playing early, and then you want James Harrison in as your closer if need be, right? If T.J. Watt turns out to either not be as you know, not be as good as a rookie as we thought he could be, or he starts to fade just endurance-wise, fatigue-wise, then you bring in a James Harrison. Very similar to the way that they handled it last year, right? Last year, was it was a lot of Anthony Ciccolo, it was a lot of Jarvis Jones, it was a lot of Arthur Most early on, and then as the season progressed, we started to see more and more minutes out of James Harrison. Uh, on the other side, it'll be Bud Dupree. No one more exciting on defense than Bud Dupree because we saw at the end of last year what a dominant pass rusher he could be. What a consistent pass rush he added. Um, all of the things that we thought coming out of his rookie year that he could be in his second year, he kind of showed, but in a very limited sample size. Remember, he started the year on IR because of a sports hernia. didn't get to play until halfway through the year. Kind of got worked back in because he had to work himself back into NFL playing shape. But by the end of the year, he was a consistent pass rusher alongside James Harrison. They, you know, This team was getting consistent pressure game after game um, by using... Uh, the Blitz, particularly with Bud Dupree and with James Harrison. So I'm excited to watch particularly Bud Dupree. He has the potential to be the next Steeler double-digit sack guy, the next great Steeler pass rusher. 
Um, he has shown that in the past. This is a year where I think if he can start the year healthy, the sky is the limit for him. Um, and then alongside with whether it's TJ Watt or James Harrison, you know, Bud Dupree is kind of the premier pass rusher of this team. Behind them, now I like, what I like there is if you just, you just stop there, right? You've got Bud Dupree, you've got TJ Watt, you've got James Harrison as a utility guy in case either guy gets hurt. That's good already because you immediately have depth at the position, right? You have a presumed starter if one of the two goes out. Now you look beyond that. Anthony Ciccolo, here's a guy who started some games last year, played well, and in, 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 he had that strip sack against Dak Prescott early in the Dallas game, right? He's had a very good camp, if you believe the reports coming out of camp. Not healthy yet, so we'll see if he can play against Atlanta. But again, you know, you're know, you talking about your fourth outside linebacker being a guy who's seen some minutes, who's got a sack fumble, who potentially is getting better year over year. Um, again, this is what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about the Steelers amassing talent at this position. TJ Watt, we've seen it. We know it. He's a first-round guy. He has first-round pedigree. Um, we just need to see it in a real live NFL game. Bud Dupree... You know, again, seen it in NFL games, just need to do it over a 16-game sample size. James Harrison, one of the greatest dealers of all time. The question there is age, and now Anthony Ciccolo, young guy, up and coming. You know, and again, just adding depth on this team. I like where the Steelers are at at outside linebacker. The fifth spot, I talked about this during the Giants thing, Arthur Motes, Keon Adams. Look, I wanted Keon Adams to make this roster. Obviously, you want to add more youth, more versatility at outside linebacker. But if Keon Adams can't stay healthy... You know, it's it's tough. It's tough to win this roster spot as a sixth-round pick if you're not on the field. And so I think Arthur Motes wins this just by, you know, it's by forfeit almost. Um, you know, Keon Adams needs to get healthy. He needs to get healthy very soon so he can start to make it a name for himself in some preseason games and training camp. Um, but right now it looks like Arthur Motes will be the fifth spot. And again, you know, what you saw against the Giants is what you get out of Arthur Motes. He's not a great pass rusher. But in a pinch, he can make a play every uh, here and here and there, um, and he's you know he's a veteran guy, not not going to make a, bu- a bunch of mistakes. Inside linebacker, interesting position because I know we talked about on the pre-free agency podcast talked about how oh don't worry the Steelers won't lose Lawrence Timmons they have to bring him back now even though they they planned on not bringing him back yada yada. Well, uh, Lawrence Timmons went and took ten million dollars from Miami Dolphins and you know look more power to him right he got a bunch of money from Miami um, he'll be good there. The Steelers were never going to pay him $10 million, right? He was going to have to take a hometown discount to come back. Um, I, I think the Steelers did want him back, right? And the Steelers made some overtures about they were going to get uh, Hightower, Dante Hightower from New England and pay him about $10 million. I don't think the Steelers were ready to pay Lawrence Timmons 10 mil, right? Because he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. They had a, they had a backup plan in Vince Williams. But if they can get a Hightower, I think they, you know, they certainly had him in for a visit and, and were entertaining the thought. But, the Lawrence Simmons thing is interesting because I think a lot of Steeler fans, myself included, were very, very surprised that he got that he that he left. And certainly, if you looked at the the body of work that he had in 2016, it makes sense that you know the Steeler fans would be disappointed. He played really, really well. But I think the plan all along going into this season was always for Vince Williams to take over. That's why he signed a two year extension two years ago. Uh, that's you know, and that's that's why the Steelers didn't offer ten million dollars to Lawrence Simmons in the first place, right? You know. They oh, they knew in the back of their minds, look, if Timmons wants to go, fine, we have Vince Williams ready to go. Vince Williams, a former starter for this team, remember, in, in Vince Williams' rookie year, he started because Larry Foote got hurt. So this guy has playing experience. He played last year. He's played whenever Shazier's got hurt. Um, so, look, Vince Williams is a guy with attitude. He's a guy who plays physical. He has, you know, he's a hard hitter. 
Um, I like what he brings to the table. He kind of brings that attitude to the team, a kind of a Mike Mitchell style. Um, I think the Steelers need more of that. You know, they need to be more of a, you know, a physical defense in, in the modern NFL. Um, and I think he brings that. I'm excited to see him and Ryan Shazier play side by side. I watched a video today on Steelers.com where they called themselves Shake and Bake, uh, and that's cute. We, we, I want to see it on the field, and I need to see Ryan Shazier stay healthy. He was healthy for, what, 10 games in a row last year, right, to end the year. That's awesome. He needs to continue to be healthy going into 2017. And if we can have a healthy Ryan Shazier and a Ryan Shazier, who certainly at the end of last year turned a corner, and, you know, we talk about who's the next great Steeler. Well, clearly Ryan Shazier is, was, will be the next great Steeler linebacker, right? I mean, he has... He has proven that at this point, um, but he needs to stay healthy and be that guy. Matikavich, uh, Dirty Red, is a very interesting backup for this team. I think um, you know he has had a very good training camp, had a good game against the Giants. Um, you know he's just always around the ball, and I like that about him. I like that in an inside linebacker. Uh, doesn't take false steps. Um, you know, very good at at, at reading the play, um, and just yeah, like I said, always around the ball. He's He's an interesting guy to have as a backup because he'll he'll probably see some playing time this year considering the injury history of Ryan Shazier. Um, and so good to have that versatility. Behind him, you have LJ Ford, you have Steven Johnson. Uh, those are more special teams guys. I'm less interested in them than I am in, in, uh, in Matikiewicz. But uh, I, I, I do like where the Steelers are at inside linebacker. Vince Williams is a bit of a question mark, but not so much because he's played before. Um, and I think I like the attitude that he brings to this defense cornerback cornerback this is a position that i think a lot of steeler fans the secondary in general this is a position that i think the steeler fans wanted to see major upheaval this is where we got killed by tom brady you know i can't believe we got killed by tom brady you know why don't we play more man-to-man yada 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 right and i think a lot of steeler fans are going to be very disappointed to find out that the starting five secondary guys you know the the two outside corners the nickel corner and the two safeties are probably going to look exactly like they did last year. There's not going to be a lot of upheaval there. And I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed in that. And I think what people have, what you have to remember, what you have to remember is that out of those five guys, two of them were rookies. Two of them were rookies. They're not going to play the same way they did in 2016. They're very likely to be better in 2017. And first of all, we have to start with Artie Burns. Because if you've read any reports out of out of training camp, if you've read even one, in that article somewhere, they talked about how good Artie Burns looks. And not just how good he looks, but how good he looks covering Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver in football. That is exciting. That is exciting. And, you know, when the when the thought hits your mind of, oh wait, maybe it means that A B is actually kind of regressed a little bit. Is that could it be? No, because when he when he was hurt, when when uh, Artie was hurt, and A.B. went up against Ross Cockrell, he burned him on every play. So no, this is more about the maturation of Artie Burns. And let's not act like we didn't see this coming in 2016. Yes, Tom Brady burned Artie Burns. Big deal. Tom Brady's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback of all time. He burned our secondary. Fine. But Artie Burns in every other game, and I, I challenge you, go back, get NFL Game Pass, go back. on the It takes 20 minutes a game. Go back. Watch the la- the end of last year. Watch how often quarterbacks throw at Artie Burns. Because, spoiler alert, especially in the playoffs, they don't. They don't throw at Artie. Except Tom Brady. Tom Brady threw at Artie Burns. 
Is Tom Brady going to throw it a rookie? Of course he is. Are the best quarterbacks in this league going to throw it already? Of course they are. But maybe not this year. Maybe not this year. It doesn't, it didn't take long for Artie to go from, ah, oh, he's a project. We, you know, you can't really start him. Yeah, he's a first round pick, but you got to give him time. You know, he's more of a size speed guy like an Ike Taylor. He's going to take some time to really polish his skills and become a starter in this league. Maybe he can be a starter next year and maybe the year after. He's a project. Two against the Miami Dolphins. Boom. He's a starter. And then from there, boom, he's intercepting Joe Flacco in a big division game. You know, he, he ends the year with three interceptions and he ends the year with big plays against Kansas City saving touchdowns. And now we go into 2017 and now he's becoming a shutdown corner against Antonio Brown in practice, one of the best wide receivers. I'm not saying that Artie Burns is going to be the best defensive player of the year or the best defensive player on this team. But what I am telling you is that I expect this is, and this is not a shocker to me to read these reports about how good Artie Burns is from year one to year two. You already saw that out of him last year. People kept saying, oh, Artie Burns, you know, he's getting burnt. He doesn't know the defense. He can't play this well. You know, he's, he's going to have to, he, you're going to have to wait on Artie Burns before he's good. And he proved all those doubters wrong by starting the last half of last year. He played very well into the playoffs. Yes, he didn't play well against New England. No one on the team did. But now you project into 2017. It does not surprise me that he's taken another leap a year later to become an even better cornerback. I think he has all of the makings of becoming a potential, you know, as close as you can get to a shutdown corner in the in the modern NFL. Can he play bump and run? Can he play man-to-man? That's all he did in college. Of course he can. It's about whether or not the Steelers will play more man-to-man this year, and I think they will. I'm extremely excited about Artie Burns this year. On the other side, you have Ross Cockrell. And Ross Cockrell will continue to be the cornerback that every Steeler fan hates. And, you know, this is there's a long line of cornerbacks that the Steelers hate, right? There was there was Ike Taylor in the defense in the defense iteration before this one. You had Ike Taylor on one side, the good corner. Then on the other side, you had Whoever else it was, aka the bad corner, the corner that that quarterback threw at, whether it was Bryce McCain, Antoine Blake, Chad Scott, Dwayne Washington, it, it was William Gay at one point, right? There's a corner on this team that everyone always hates on, and Ross Cockrell right now, unfortunately, is going to be that guy. Ross Cockrell is not a shutdown corner, never going to be a shutdown corner, not necessarily a journeyman guy, but certainly not a top corner. Not a crap corner. Somewhere in between, he's a good he's a, a good player who doesn't make huge mistakes, doesn't give up huge plays. Um, good sure tackler. Again, is he a is he a long term fit at the corner position? I don't know, but he will do for now. And again, he's not going to be the reason why this team loses games. So, again, you know, like with Landry, can we cool it with the Ross Cockrell hate? I think behind those two guys, so we're going to have Artie, we're going to have Ross. Behind those two, kind of a logjam, kind of a logjam, kind of similar to the wide receiver position where you just have a ton of bodies and I don't really know who's going to come out of it, right? You have William Gay, who I think he's going to be the starting nickel corner again. I don't I don't know if there's anyone that can really unseat him there. Um, you have Cam Sutton, a third-round pick out of Tennessee. Again, he probably has to make the roster just because he's a third-round pick. But again, he was—he's been hurt. I want to see him play. Uh, you know, again, highly thought of out of Tennessee, third-round pick. You want to see—you want to see your third-round picks play. He's been hurt, so 
We shall see, but he probably makes the roster the same way James Conner does, even though he hasn't played much. Cody Sensiball, a free agent pickup that the Steelers took uh, from the New York Giants. Uh, took Ike Taylor's old number, so if you look at 24, that's him. Uh, you know, again, has an inside track to the to the roster because he is a free agent signing, so there's some dead cap space there if the Steelers end up cutting him. But again, I don't think it's, it's a sure thing that by any means that Tensiball makes the roster. You have another rookie in the sixth round, Brian Hill, much more of a project guy, size speed guy, uh, former wide receiver, kind of still honing his skills. He had a decent game against the Giants. Again, I want to see more out of him before... You know, a lot of these guys, they play in the fourth quarter. And so, you know, Brian Hill's an expert. Eh, calm down. It's fourth quarter. I don't want to hear about guys who did great in the fourth quarter. Senquez Golson still on the team. Now, I know Senquez Golson uh, still hurt, so probably not going to make the roster. But here's a guy who just I, you, you have to feel terrible for. Drafted in the second round, he had led the NCAA in interceptions by a cornerback. Or led the SEC in, in interceptions by a whatever it was. He was a highly, highly thought of corner. Uh, undersized, but could have been a nickel corner for this team. Um, gets hurt his first year, misses the entire year. Gets hurt his second year, misses the entire year. This is this is without even practicing. Gets hurt. Then this year, he's what? He has five practices before he, he tears his hamstring. And he's probably out the majority of the, of the training camp and you know maybe even all preseason. I don't know how he makes this roster at all. And and what's funny is the first five practices, he actually looked good. He actually, the reports were that he was looking very, very good. It sucks. It sucks because, you know, again, he clearly has the talent, but he just can't stay healthy. And again, like I said with Keon Adams, if you can't stay healthy, you can't make the roster. Then the last guy, you know, Mike Hilton is in there. I mean, there's a ton of other guys behind Mike Hilton, but I think Mike Hilton is like the best of the rest, you know. So if you look at those guys, do you keep five? They usually keep five corners. Maybe you keep six. But again, with, with what you're doing, at, maybe you're keeping four running backs. Maybe you're keeping seven wide receivers. You can't keep seven wide receivers and four running backs and six corners. So you have Artie Burns. You have Ross Cockrell. You have William Gay. You have Cam Sutton. Boom, those four are making it. Now, between Cody Sensabaugh, Brian Hill, Senquez Golston, Mike Hilton, you have to pick one, two. I don't know. I don't know where the Steelers. I don't know where the Steelers go. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be very interested to watch what where the cuts come at wide receiver and at cornerback. I think it's an interesting position. I think the Steelers don't they don't necessarily have the embarrassment of riches that they do at wide receiver here at corner, but they certainly have some things to play with here, uh, much more than they have in the past when they've had to pick up guys like Brandon Boykin and Justin Gilbert at the end. I don't think you're going to see the Steelers making late picks for uh, wide receivers or late pickups for uh, for cornerbacks. Excuse me, late pickups for cornerbacks. I don't think you're going to see it this year. Right? I don't think we have a strongest cornerback uh, depth chart of all time, but um, certainly more depth, more versatility here. And at the top with Artie Burns, you know, I think the Steelers really hit uh, hit a home run there. Then at safety, you know, we'll end it on there. Look, this is, and I hate to end it here because it is, it's a lot like tight end. It's it's very ho hum, no real changes at all here. Sean Davis, Mike Mitchell, Robert Golden, Jordan Dangerfield. You may recognize these names from the 2016 Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they're going to be the 2017 Pittsburgh Steelers at all as well. There's some other guys. Jacob Hagan. There's a guy they 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 uh, picked up. Uh, I think his name is also Golden, actually. Malik Golden, I think. Uh, those guys will get cut, and we'll stick with the four we had last year. Uh, look, I think there's I there's hope here because you're – you you know you you can project big things from Sean Davis again he's another one of those big rookies I talked about that can make a big leap from 2016 to 2017 
But, you know, Mike Mitchell is Mike Mitchell. Robert Golden is Robert Golden. Jordan Dangerfield, you know, those guys are much more special teams guys. Um, I think if we're projecting out to 2018, to next offseason, I think this is a position they have to address. So uh, it'll be very, very interesting um, to see what they do next year. This year, you just kind of hope for, for Sean Davis to make the leap and for Mike Mitchell to not fall off a cliff uh, talent-wise. And, you know, that's all you have at, at safety. But I think overall for this team, like I like I said at the start, you know, this is a this was a good defense last year, and, and I said during the season recap or preview or whatever it was uh, podcast that we did a couple months back that 2017 is a year where you have to take the train the training wheels off of this defense. You have guys like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Bud Dupree, Ryan Shazier, uh, all coming into their own now. You're, you've added guys like Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, who again should be getting better year one to year two. You have a lot of guys in their prime. You've added TJ Watt. You have some depth now at defensive line. You have depth at outside linebacker. You have depth at cornerback. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of excuses for this team if, if it comes to a time where, hey, you know, what happened? I think this is a, this is a defense that, can take the next step, should take the next step. And, you know, defensively, if we're a good defense, we're a contender. If this is a great defense, we are Super Bowl champions, right? I, I think I think you could have said that last year as well. And I don't think that the offense is getting any worse. So, you know, let's let's appreciate how much talent is on this team on both sides of the ball. Because defensively, Yes, we were left with a with a rough game, but I don't I don't think you should read into that that oh that defense got exposed and it wasn't ever any good. Again, one game sample size does not mean anything. If you look at the sixteen game sample size of the regular season and the three game sample size of the playoffs, on the whole, in the sixteen games, this was a very very good defense that bailed the offense out plenty of times. And I think in that three game span in the in in the in the playoffs, they had a bad game against New England, but they had a great game against Kansas City. And so you have to balance those things out. On the whole, I think this was a very good defense that was very young and has a chance in 2017 to break out in multiple positions. So, again, could not be more excited about the offense, but I can say the very same thing about a lot of pieces of this defense. So we're looking for a strong defensive line, stopping the run, double-digit sacks, already burns turning a corner, still creating havoc, still causing turnovers. Um, and this team very easily wins, could very easily could be, could win a Super Bowl in 2017. Certainly should be up there contending for the Super Bowl in 2017. All right. That is going to do it for Steeler Country this week. I will be back again next week. I promise to do a recap of the Falcons game. Couldn't be more excited about this game. So, uh, I will be back next week to talk about that game. Might be a shorter podcast because again, preseason games, hard to talk a lot about. Hard, hard to go in-depth, hard to go to fill 20, 30 minutes uh, talking about one preseason game. But I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of these guys uh, that I talked about tonight, the Sammy Coates, Martavis Bryant, Demarcus Ayers, Cam Sutton, Vince Williams, Ryan Shazier, Artie Burns. You know, I'm hoping to see a lot of these guys in that Falcons game, and, and so hopefully I'll have more to talk about. But that'll be next week. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you then.